0: What's up everyone, welcome back to the CEO Journals podcast. For those of you that are new here, I am your host Ethan Bridge and thank you for joining me on the show. Before I dive into the introduction, I'd greatly appreciate if you pulled out your phone, opened up the podcast app and left a five star rating and review. It literally takes a matter of seconds and you don't even have to stop listening. Right, on today's show I had the pleasure in speaking to Padeep Sanger. Widely known as the mentor for men in business. Padeep knows what the stress of being a husband, father and business professional feels like. Balancing a happy family with a successful profession can be a struggle. That feeling of unease when you're spending time with your family but constantly thinking about what you need to get done at work. Or when you're working but you feel the guilt of not being the parent or parent you really want to be or giving them the quality time that they want and personal goals, free time and feeling fulfilled in life, well that gets put aside onto a shelf to collect dust. It all becomes a circle that never ends. Here is what you can expect to learn in today's episode. A. Make more money. Learn the single most important factor to increasing your income exponentially the right way. B. Unlock your potential. Discover how to think act, feel and be the person and business leader you dream of being. C. Be the person that everyone admires. Implement the secret to experiencing more fulfilling relationships with your wife or husband, kids, family and loved ones. D. Have less headaches. Learn how to save yourself valuable time, money, resources and stress so that you get your goals faster and easier. E. Take control of your destiny. Feel a completely new level of clarity, confidence, and energy to take back control of your life rather than being run by your circumstances. F, avoid pitfalls. Discover the biggest pitfalls that stop people from achieving their dreams and how to avoid them. G, so much more. This episode is packed full of value, and I can't wait for you all to listen to what Padeep has to say. So without further ado, Let's dive straight into today's episode. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the CEO Journals podcast. Today on the show, you have the pleasure of listening to Padeep Sanger. Padeep, how are you doing today?
1: Hey, Ethan. I'm doing awesome, man. Thank you. I truly appreciate uh, the opportunity to have a conversation with you today.
0: Awesome. No, the opportunity and the pleasure is all mine. You are the one who I am gaining all the knowledge from and the listeners are ever so grateful for you diving on the show today so for the listeners that don't know who you are give us a quick 60 second introduction of who you are and what you do please
1: yeah absolutely so my name is Pradeep Sangha I'm you could say widely known as the mentor for men in business and I work with uh, executives business owners entrepreneurs mainly guys and we'll we'll talk about the reason why but really guys in business who really want to take their business and their life to the next level so the hashtag is hashtag men who win and it's really helping men not only be better in business but better in their relationship better as fathers just better in society and in and, and the community as a whole because i have this massive passion in terms of where this world is headed and where men need to be from a leadership standpoint so that's kind of it in a nutshell you could say that i'm also i'm a business strategist Mixed with the transformational side as well, because that's a big part of my background in terms of helping a man go from where he is to where he wants to be personally, inside, individually, as a person.
0: Awesome. And I can't wait to dive into all of that more. Something I really f- find interesting, and I ask all my guests, is actually with regards to relationships and how to build and keep relationships. That's definitely something I want to talk about, as I find that a really interesting topic that I don't actually think is spoken about enough in today's mm-hmm. age, especially in the business in the business world. But the way I like to start all my episodes is by throwing it back with my guests and asking them about their upbringing and their time at school. So let's focus on a 14, 15 year old version of yourself. How did you find school? Were you one of these straight A students that could go into the lesson, do no work, ace every class? Or were you the class clown sitting at at the back who didn't pay much attention?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So I was kind of pegged off as a guy that sat in the back that really didn't know much if the teacher didn't know much i would have my hat backwards i would have my hair or sort of my my chair kind of tilted back if you're watching this if you can see this you can see that i don't have hair so it's not hair it's my chair <laughs> that was tilted back and i would just kind of sit there and observe and see what's happening in the classroom so academically uh, you know i come from an immigrant family here in canada my parents immigrated from india in the early 70s and i grew up on an orchard so i grew up in a very mindful environment but a very you could say Physically tough working environment. I started my my first job when I was nine years old and when other kids had summers I would be out there on the orchard at 430 in the morning working till sometimes six or seven at night So that work ethic is really what groomed me and so my parents said to me pretty We don't want you to have to suffer Like we did we want you to have an education and it just so happens that I was really good from an academic standpoint I had some really good mentors throughout school Um, I was a quiet kid that was pretty much a straight A student, you can say, because I just had this knack for studying. And at that time, which is really interesting, I had this real desire and this curiosity about how the brain worked and how people work. And how do how does one kid outperform another kid? Excuse me. And I actually started to study neuroscience at that time. That's when it was actually before it became a big trend in terms of how does memory work? How does speed reading work? How do you actually learn? And so I started learning those techniques at that time. And it was actually very interesting because I had a photographic memory. I was able to memorize a 400 page textbook, for example, word for word, illustration by illustration by the time I was in university. And so that definitely helped me in that age. But more importantly, Ethan, you can say that, um, you know, I, I was kind of the black sheep as well, because... My parents wanted me to go into academics and be a doctor. That's what they wanted me to be, but it wasn't for me. And I was kind of doing it for them as I kind of grew up. And I and I just didn't feel how you could say, I just didn't feel like I was really following the path that I wanted to follow. I was struggling from that perspective because I always kind of had this wild side in me as well. And I had a passion for helping people, but it it all played out in the end you can say this journey that i went through in terms of the academic world and the corporate world it was really all these pain points and all these challenges really grew me to who i was the here's my message you know being in school i learned a lot more out of school about how to be successful in life than i actually did inside school like school is great and i'm i'm always supporting people getting an education um, the thing for me is I what it taught me was work ethic right how do you know how do you really put time in to actually excel because if you're not on top of stuff in school and you kind of fall short that's kind of how you may live life as well and so it's an important life lesson for us to learn but that's kind of how I, I was known as a geek people used to call me beep they, the Nick here's a tune that they used to say beep beep per the geek that's what they used to call me and so I kind of grew up that way and, and I kind of I was you could say at times I was kind of like, you know, I don't like this life. I don't like being the geek. But now that I look back on it, there's so many things that I learned throughout my school ages that I'm applying today. And I see a lot of the other people that haven't really excelled in life. And I kind of say, well, you know, it was worth it.
0: For sure. And yeah. you say that your parents obviously wanted you to do the classic route of becoming a doctor, but were they always supportive in what you actually did when in, in the end you said, no, that is not the route I want to go down. Did they then support you in what you said you wanted to do? No.
1: no. <laughs> yeah. Short answer, no, because I got into the, uh, the corporate world, you can say, and I kind of worked my way up. It wasn't until I was an executive that they were actually truly happy when I had that. The status is a big part, and I think it's a big part of not only from an immigrant family, but also just an an Indian family, especially is the status is a big thing. So it wasn't until I was an executive that they really said, okay, he's actually made something of himself. Uh, Interesting enough though, when I left the corporate world, it was almost like I started from scratch again because they looked at me and they they said, are you crazy? Are you nuts? Mm -hmm. What did you do? You just threw your entire life away. And so they, you know, that's how parents are, I guess, right? They look at you, they want the best for you, but sometimes they don't understand how, how we are right our true needs
0: so I'm assuming you completed college then so you did school went to university got your degree and then you went into the corporate world why did you then decide to come out of the corporate world then if you're sitting in sitting in this executive job you're safe you've got a constant income you know that being at this level you can do still do extremely well for yourself why did you then decide no I want to go off on my own because that must have been quite scary knowing that you're giving up this comfortable position of being an executive because a lot of people look at that as their end goal of being that executive. That's what they work towards. But the fact that you've got there and then gone, eh, not for me. I want to do something else. How how was that? And why did you do that?
1: Yeah, it was really tough. Let's just say I worked my way up to be an executive and my goal was to be a CEO of a major corporation. That was my goal and I was well on my way. And I had worked throughout uh, we're we're talking about large organizations too that i worked and i led marketing divisions, sales operations divisions um project management so my goal was to get a knowledge of every single division in a business so i could be that you could say that that optimum ceo and i was well on that path and so i had a great career i had a great salary i had i had it made on paper right i had i was traveling the world i had box tickets to sporting events I could entertain and budget all that kind of stuff was paid for but I wasn't happy inside that was the biggest thing I was just living a life that I, I felt like other people wanted me to live I was I was going to work I was kind of playing out the motions you could say just day in and day out doing the same old thing it was felt like I was on autopilot and so my my relationship was suffering too my relationship with my wife was was having challenges and I just really needed to feel like I was, you could say, following my own path, creating my own life and actually doing something like, because I'm a firm believer, we live this life once, right? And that we may believe in reincarnation or maybe coming back in a different, whatever it is, but this form, whoever we are as people, as an individual, that's only going to happen once. And so might as well live it out to the fullest the way you want to live it out to. So I made that decision. I I told my wife and she said, are you you sure about this? You know, this is a big decision. This is going to change everything, right? I said, yeah. And so I just walked into work one day and I quit. I literally just quit and everybody looked at me. my colleagues looked at me and they said, are you okay? Like what happened? A lot of people thought I got fired because as soon as I quit, they kind of walked me out the same day. Um, And so everybody thought like, what what did Pradeep do that got him fired? You know, what's going on here? So it was a really challenging time, especially after I left, because the first thing that I said to myself was, oh crap, what do I do now?
0: So you had no plan? No, I really didn't have a plan. So literally you went from great salary to what the hell do I do now?
1: Yeah, yeah. And it was interesting because at that time though, I was also coaching entrepreneurs on the side kind of. So my passion is helping people. My people's uh, passion is really giving or sharing the knowledge and the tools and skills and systems that I have to anybody that can use it. And at that time it was entrepreneurs, business owners because a lot of business owners don't know how to run a business. They have a passion or they have a specific skill but they don't know how to run a business. They don't know the ins and outs and the uh, the nuances of what it takes to actually grow a business successfully. And so I was just helping people on the side. And I said, you know what, there's a, there's a big need here. There's a big gap. And then it kind of led from, it went from
0: there. So when did you realize that you wanted to be the mentor for men in business? Where did that come from? What was that? Was that your first venture or was there anything before that?
1: no that was there was before that i was doing you could say business coaching in general i played around in a couple a number of areas um executive teams for example which i still do but i was coaching from a business growth perspective at first and now i'm actually doing a kind of a you could say a dual role but even more on the transformational side i realized that uh in terms of men specifically because I have a passion for helping men I've seen what it's like to have a strong father figure, a strong masculine force in the house. My grandfather was in the British Indian army. Uh, My dad was an ex police officer in India, for example. So I saw the strength that they brought to being uh, a strong men in a family. And I don't see that these days anymore. I don't, I very seldom do I see strong, strong men. And what that does is that it helps children grow and it helps them actually grow in a very safe environment. And so that's always been a passion of mine. I also have seen uh, the struggles that my dad faced, for example. He was an entrepreneur, but he just wasn't fulfilled in life. And he suffered from alcoholism. And so for years, I saw him struggle. And I always think to myself, what if he had a mentor that had the knowledge that I had or the skills that I had? What would his life have been like? Because last year, my father passed away at 64 and a half. And his goal, his milestone was to hit 65 because that was a point for him to say that I did it right that I, I did the business I raised a happy successful family but unfortunately he didn't get to that point he was six months away and so he suffered a heart attack and he was meant to go and it was a struggle for our family it was a big hit because it kind of threw everything up in the air but that's what got, gets me going in terms of working with men specifically there's a lot of stats I can share Ethan that I know um especially i I'm going to talk about North America, especially in the U.S., 52 percent of kids in the U.S. are being raised without full time fathers. The levels of testosterone in men have dropped. The anxiety rates, depression rates, suicide rates for men have skyrocketed. And so men are in a really tough spot these days. And especially when we talk and we take a look at as big in the U.S., we talk, take a look at the Me Too movement and the concept of toxic masculinity, which I understand the Me Too movement had to happen because there's a lot of stuff that men were doing that wasn't right. And it was really holding women down, actually abusing women. But what that's also done now on the flip side is actually caused men to really be afraid of being men. And so a lot of men are questioning themselves in terms of uh, even in executive roles or even as men in society, you know, what does it mean to be a man these days? Because am I being too controlling? Am I too masculine or am I not masculine enough? And that's impacting the roles and relationships because now we have women that feel like they have more masculine force than men. And I, so interesting enough, half my referrals are from women saying, please help my men. Wow. And so, yeah, it's actually really interesting. Yeah. And so we have that. And now we have this, it feels like this next generation is, is there's so much, so much so much up in the air when it comes to technology as well and how that's impacting how people are being raised. Family units are degrading, for example. Family dinners are going away. So all these things are impacting how kids are being raised, and that's ultimately my passion because I truly believe that when you have a successful man in a business and in a relationship and is a healthy father, that society wins as a whole, right? We raise happier, and healthier children that contribute to society instead of having these mass and you can say, you know, the bullying that's happening, the the shootings that are happening in North America, for example, the racism that's happening, all of this stuff is a stem and a big component of it is that men are not stepping up in the rules that they need to. So that's, that's kind of my mission. You can say the movement that I created, but from a business perspective, bottom line is that helping men specifically in business is a niche because it's very underserved and there's tons of female entrepreneur groups. But there's very few men entrepreneurial groups.
0: No, I agree. And I think I find it really interesting. So something I want to ask you then is the phrase where people just say, especially if men, you're told to man up. Man up is thrown around here, there and everywhere. But surely, and as you say, the suicide rates in men are rising. And yes. the fact that you're being told to man up. Men feel as if they can't express their feelings because that would not be considered manly. So if you were told to man up, what would your reaction be to the person telling you to do so?
1: See, here's, here's the interesting thing. That word is being thrown around and to a degree, and this is where you know, it gets, we get on the polar sides. I agree with that term in certain aspects, but it's people that do not understand what it means that are throwing it around. That's the problem because manning up doesn't mean that, hey, look, just put your feelings aside. It actually means embracing your feelings and there's moments when you do need to man up there are moments and i get women telling me this all the time that their men need to man up because they're feeling like they're being more manly than their men but that doesn't mean that hey look guys and here's the challenge with guys there we've been raised a lot of times to be just push through it right be persistent and blast through our challenges which we need to do that's part of being man. but there's a point in time where we say i need help or i'm not getting this or i am not getting the results i and men, unfortunately, a lot of times will rather burn out than ask for help. And so the movement that I've created for that is really helping men not only just step up as men, but actually understand their emotions better and not necessarily be more emotional, but understand how their emotions work. So they say, Hmm, at this time, Maybe I just need to kind of chill out. Maybe at this time I need to be more understanding. Maybe I need to connect with my spouse or my kids a little bit more, connect with myself a little bit more. I don't need to be super strong at this moment because there's, there's times and very seldom and I said this to my wife the other day and this probably happens twice a year at the max say to my wife and I say, you know what? I just need you to take care of me for this, this day because I got so much on my plate. And This is the day and I don't normally say it, but I just want I just want to be taken care of today I just need to recharge and so there's times when we need to do that as guys
0: Definitely and I like how you pick that from both sides and you're allowed to see it from both angles and as you say Men should be allowed to see it from both angles as well They shouldn't see it dead on what it means for they should actually as you say understand it rather than Think it's one thing and not the other so apart from being male what are your typical clients like
1: oh so they're basically you could say the business owner that wants more they the typical thing is the most important thing they're, they're looking for is freedom because they're knee deep in their business and they want to grow their business and they want to have the freedom to do what they want when they want that's a core value of mine in terms of what i teach for my clients because that's why a lot of people are in business because they want the freedom and the time to be able to enjoy the money that they're making So the clients, they range, they could be veterinarians, to dentists, to people that own trucking companies, to coaches, to you name it, all sorts of different types of people from different industries. But what they're looking for is they're just looking for more and they know that they can do more. They know that they have more inside of them that they're able to accomplish and achieve. I think that's the most common thing is that inside, they know that they could do more. They just want someone to not only believe in them, but give them the tools and knowledge and the skills to actually unlock it. Because I'm a firm believer. And this is where the neuroscience and the psychology and the mindfulness comes in. And there's a big component of spirituality that I, that I use as well, that every person, not just a man, but every woman out there every, has a powerful force inside them. And when you align yourself with that force, when you align yourself internally, pretty much the sky's the limit. You can accomplish anything that you want. And how do I know this? Because I've experienced myself. I've taught other people how to tap into it. And I'm sure that you out there, Ethan, and, and the listeners out there, you've experienced this. Think of a time where you just felt like you were on top of the world. Like any challenge you, that was coming your way, you said, bring it on. That you know, you you felt like you can totally overcome it. And you could feel your body physically, just have that energy. You get, You have that vibration in your body where you're just like, I got this. It doesn't matter. You know what? Some Something can come out of the blue and sideswipe me right now. I got it. That's Def- what we're talking about.
0: I love that. So someone comes to you, uh, your client, for example, how, where do you start? What are Without giving away too much, obviously, because yeah. it's what you do. No, I don't are-
1: mind giving it away. Yeah.
0: What are, what are some of the process you go processes you go through with these people to make them get to that point of being able to say bring it on I can literally take on anything? Where how do you start? How do you take them from start to finish?
1: Yeah, the first thing is I take a look at what they want and what they truly want because what people think they want is not necessarily what they always want. So understanding what that person is looking for. So a lot of people come to me and say, I want to grow my business. I want to make X amount of money. I want to triple my income, whatever it is. That's great. So then I ask them, what is behind that? Tell me what emotions you want to feel when you get to that goal. <clears throat> and why is that important? Because if you're working your butt off for three years and you're growing your business, you're making X amount of money, but you don't feel those emotions, it's a waste. What's the point of doing it? So tell me how you want to feel. So I asked them to point out the three to top three to five emotions that they want to feel, whether that's joy, inner peace, maybe that's excitement, maybe it's whatever it is, love that they want to feel. That's important to outline. That should be your goal. That should be your North Star in life. And then work backwards and say what kind of lifestyle will support that and what kind of business or career will support that lifestyle. Most people do it backwards. They focus on the money and they focus on the lifestyle without even focusing on the emotions. You have to understand that emotions drive everything that we do today. You as a person, you do things. You don't say, I think hunger, you feel hunger. You don't say you think love, you feel love. So you work, and this is based on neuroscience. Everything you're doing is based on an emotion and based on a feeling that you want to satisfy consciously and subconsciously. So if you're not working off emotions, then you're actually, (coughs) excuse me, working against yourself. And so focusing on those emotions is critical. So how I do that is, really getting them into that state of, okay, what would your life look like working backwards? Then we talk about what's holding them back because it's what I call just releasing or removing the roadblocks because every person has at least three roadblocks. We're talking about big roadblocks that are stopping them. And when you can remove those roadblocks, then everything else sometimes falls into place. It just starts to, it's like, it's like blowing up a dam. When you blow up a dam, that water just starts to flow, right? And it just starts to flow. And it'll clear up all the little dams down the river because there's just so much force and so much water coming down that dam. And so it's important to find out what the biggest roadblocks are. And so for people, I ask them, and I get down to the root cause. So I'm really good at identifying what the root cause is for people. Because what people think is the root cause is never the root cause. So I get in there, and a lot of the times, this is subconscious. This is where the transformational work comes in rather than the business strategies and tactics, because I go in there and I pull out things like what are their core beliefs, their identity, who they think they are, their filters in terms of how they're perceiving the world. And then ultimately the stories that they're telling themselves, because even you, I, everybody that's listening here, you are operating on stories. You are telling yourself a story every single minute, every single second. And five to 10% of that story is actually factual. Everything else is made up. And everything else is made up based on your life experiences, the beliefs that you have, what other people have told you. That's what your stories are based off. So a lot of people will tell themselves self-defeating stories, what I call disempowering stories. And so, and I'll give you a prime example. When I came out of the corporate world, one of my stories, and I knew this stuff, but I wasn't wasn't practicing on myself at that time because I was just going through a lull phase in my life that I said who am I? Like I'm next to nothing now. Cause I was seeing guys like Grant Cardone, Gary Vee, these big players out there. And I was saying, wow, look at their profiles. Look at how many people they're influencing. I'm next to nothing. What am I going to do? And that was my story. That was my story for probably a good month or two. And I just basically said, how am I going to do this? You know, I'm, I'm nowhere near these guys' caliber, whatever that is. And here's what I did. I said, pretty, I know, I, I know this stuff. What am I doing? What story am I telling myself?" And so all I did was tell myself a better story. And so I told myself, A, I'm the best at what I do because I truly believe that from a neuroscience leadership psychology standpoint. B, people need my help out there. And C, I'm the guy to deliver it. So I created empowering stories for myself. Nothing factually changed. I was the exact same guy with the exact same skills, but my story completely changed. And what did that do? That changed how I operate. That changed how I made decisions. So if you take a look at the model, Ethan, is. The the model for success, because I've spent two decades studying some of the best people around the world, I've coached some of the best people in their industries, is there's a model for success. The bottom foundation is what I call the self-mastery skills. On top of that, you know, we can get into that in a little bit, but the, on top of that is your stories. Your stories determine your decisions. Every single decision you're making is based on the stories you tell yourself, and that on top of the story, on your decisions, are your actions. So life is simply this. It's a series of two things the decisions you make and the actions you take. That's all it is. And you're constantly making decisions and you're constantly taking action. The better you are making decisions and taking effective action, the more likely you're going to hit the top of the pyramid, which is the outcomes that you want out of life. And so ultimately you have to have strong stories. You have to have empowering stories to make better decisions in life. The reason why people don't get ahead in life is because they're telling themselves the wrong stories and then not making effective decisions and taking effective action. So, just by changing the stories you tell yourself, you can actually make better decisions and take more effective action.
0: Oh, for sure. And absolutely smash that. I can't, like, that is literally spot on to a T because when you start as well, you always, personally, as me as well, I'm looking at all of these. I think Instagram's a massive detriment to this as well but you can choose who you want to follow on Instagram that's down to you but and that factor aside you're seeing all these people that have reached that success point and it's difficult to put yourself in a position where you then make yourself believe because you're seeing these people that have already made it and you think I want to be like them but when you should be developing yourself and making you that person rather than wanting to just consistently looking at others so How important do you think it is then to not get caught up in the numbers? Because especially for me, say, for example, with a podcast, I can see how many listeners I'm getting every single episode and how that's progressing. And hypothetically speaking, it could be small, could be low, could be high, but how important is it for me to not get caught up in the numbers?
1: Well, it's important not to get caught up in a negative way. So I'm a firm believer when it comes to business and success, you got to measure things, but it's those moments when you get down on yourself that's the challenge and so you have an option you can either tell yourself empowering stories or disempowering stories you can actually say hey look the numbers aren't going to change right they're the same but what you can tell yourself is oh this is a learning experience this is a learning opportunity for me because if my numbers aren't growing it's for a reason that means I have to do something different that's all it is so it's all in how you look at the numbers numbers are good but don't and that's the thing you have to program your brain and an easy way to understand this Ethan, is that every time you think a negative thought, it reinforces a negative thought. And so what you need to do is that's the same as addictions. The reason why people are addicted is because when they start doing something once, it actually hardwires the brain cells together and it makes it easier to do the same thing over and over again. Same goes for thinking. If you have a negative thought, crush it right away. Don't even let it enter your brain. Don't even, and some people think, well, that's just being naive. No, it's not. It's being smart. Because if you have a negative thought, if you have it once, okay, if you have a second time, just remember each time you have that negative thought, you're clearing a path and a bigger path for those same negative thoughts to come through. So if you want to stop that pattern, really stop it. And that's, I have these moments too. I'll give you an example. In the evening, I'm pretty, not wiped out, but I'm you can say I'm lower in energy. And I never think about work after a certain period of time. After seven o'clock, typically, I'm not thinking about anything extensive. I might answer an email if I if, if it's urgent or maybe I feel like it but I don't think of anything extensive because why I know my energy levels are low. And when my energy levels are low, I'm not, there's two systems of thinking in your brain. I'm not accessing the higher level of thinking. I'm just accessing the fearful level of thinking, the rudimentary level of thinking. And every time I do that, I just have bad thoughts. So I'm like, I don't want to do that. So I don't even think about it. I just stop myself the moment I start saying, "Hey, look, I need to think about work." I say, "Pretty stop, my stop, stop right there." And I should do something different. Spend time with my family, read a book, do something productive, because, you know, this is a long-winded answer uh, to your question. But going, it, it's not the numbers; it's how you're looking at the numbers.
0: Definitely, and the way I look at it, I. I I don't look at the numbers. I was just throwing that out there for people that do. But I look at it as every single episode, I get to talk to some incredible business owner entrepreneur who are, I'm basically getting free lessons that they charge other people for. I get to sit on a call with an expert for an hour and ask any question I want. Like the world is my oyster. I can literally ask you any question I want to learn whatever I want. And I can do that pretty much every day of the week. And that's why I did this podcast. I didn't do it for numbers. My network has grown dramatically and I've only interviewed the all my you you'll be my 13th episode. Awesome. Um, wow. I've, I've had the book opened to so many opportunities already. And I can't thank, well, one myself enough to actually put myself out there to do it. But those that have given me the opportunity to actually talk to them. So again, I thank you for that as well.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you.
0: So, sort of full circle then relating to you're seeing these people like as you say gary v grant cardone who are at the top of their game you're we only see on instagram their highlights i know they talk about where they came from and whatever but on their instagram they like grant cardone for example is just posting pictures of his private jet all his cars whatnot. We don't see their come up, where they actually came from and some of the worst days they've had in business. So I want to ask you, what has been the toughest day? If you could pick out a day that stood out most for you, what is the toughest day you've had in your journey so far?
1: Oh, wow. Well, I could say the toughest day in my journey from business was probably the day that my dad passed because I just said, you know, all this... All, I'm, I'm working my butt off here, but at the end of the day, it's I'm going to be gone or someone in my life is going to be gone. So that's really when I sat down and said, is everything that I'm doing worth it? And that's really when I questioned it because I was spending a lot of time away from my kids. I was spending a lot of time away from my kids at that time because I was on mission to help men. But I was really wondering like, am I really having the impact that I want to have? Because there's times when literally I do, I look at the numbers and I say, You know, I've been working at this for so long; it's just not moving. And although I know this stuff, there's times when I just don't apply it myself. And it's just those moments that I catch myself in a low energy state, and I'm like, "Man, what am I gonna do?" You know, I just there's times in my life where coming out, I was had an executive salary, for example, and then I didn't have that salary anymore. And so I was just like, "What the heck?" And I had all my and I can say this is the biggest thing for me. I think the biggest challenge I've had. Is when people looked at me, I went from an executive, and I and I was kind of starting from scratch, and I felt like nobody. There's people in my own circle, my own family members, my people in my in-laws' uh, circle that were saying, "You know, what are you doing now? Are you a stay-at-home dad? Like you're supposed to be contributing to your family." That's that was tough for me to swallow, right? And so that those were the toughest days, you can say. You know, when my dad passed, it really put things in perspective. I said is it worth it? Cause I could go get a job maybe locally here and make a half a de- decent living and maybe have a lot less headaches and spend more time with my family. And so should I choose that path? And I'm glad I chose the path that I continue to, to, to do today. But I, um, you know, there's moments that we, we second guess ourselves. I think the most important thing is just really allowing those moments to happen, Ethan, because, we all have those days. There's days I, I even still, you know, things are going great, but there's times when I wake up and I'm not making the progress that I'm making. And so I question: do I just continue to push? And there's times when I've had serious conversations with my wife that I've had, I said, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't for me anymore. Maybe there's someone better out there. Maybe a second guess myself, but those are short lived moments because you just got to keep pushing, right? But just like anybody else, like I look at Gary Vee and I look at Grant Cardone, I don't look at those guys anymore. I don't I don't compare myself. I don't look at them because I also know that a lot of these people are facing the same challenge. I know because I know people in the circle of friends. I know people that have big influences and, I, and I've talked to them and I've worked with them and I see the challenges that they go through and I've gone through. Um, a lot of people, you know, the biggest thing I can say is, although it looks great to have the money to have that life and all that kind of stuff. It's at a sacrifice. There is a sacrifice in some way, shape or form. and We just don't know what it is for me. That sacrifice was spending time with my family and that's something I had to rein back and say, you know, I, I'm going to do things differently. I, I'm glad I did because those moments I think to clarify our journey in life
0: so this is a question i normally ask at the end of the episode to all of my guests but i'm going to ask it now because it's very on topic so how what advice would you give to those business owners entrepreneurs whoever even if you've got a full time job that is extremely demanding and you're spending a hell of a lot of your time doing it how what advice would you give to those individuals in order to help them maintain the relationships whether that be with family children loved ones friends whoever how would you encourage them and give them advice on how to keep these relationships and maintain them and make sure they do flourish and they don't get passed off and they don't lose that opportunity to spend that time because you've said you've, you've experienced it. So you are obviously you're going to speak from experience here, which is fantastic. So yeah, give us the advice.
1: Yeah. Here's the thing. I think, and I'm speaking from my own personal experiences is that uh, a lot of the times I thought that working my butt off was going to give me more freedom at the end of the day and taking time away from, my personal enjoys taking time away from my family because I didn't visit my family as much as I should have during those years that I was building a business. And I thought I was doing it as a good sacrifice. This is what it means to be an entrepreneur. But you have to understand that all of that, there's two things or the most important thing to understand is that time is not your most important asset. It's actually your energy. And because you can have a spare hour, but if you don't have the, the effective energy to actually utilize it, you're not going to be, you're not going to get what you want out of that hour. And so this was tough for me to learn. So the most important thing is remember what energizes you in life because that, that energy doing things for yourself is not selfish. It's actually stuff. It's, you need that to actually give back. So think of it this way. If you don't recharge a battery, how's a battery going to actually power something? And we as human beings are human batteries. We consume energy and we expel energy. And so building a business, building a career requires energy. And if we're not taking that energy in, if we're not spending time with the people that we love, if we're not spending time doing the things that we love doing, we're not recharging ourselves and that's actually taking away from our progress. So those moments where you say, Hey, look, maybe I should just spend this weekend working, really take a look and say, You know, is, are you really going to get what you want out of that entire weekend? Or do you need to recharge and maybe work that much harder next week? So taking that time out to recharge is the most important thing because I see people burn out all the time. I've seen myself, there's moments when mentally I wasn't burnt out, but physically I was having physical ailments that I was starting to burn out. It was a sign. And the last thing that you want as a human being, as a person is to burn out because it's tough to come back from a state of burnout. So, most important thing, you wanna keep it on a positive note, is really keep your energy levels high. And to do that, do the things that you love doing. Because the higher your energy, the more people will be attracted to you, the more you're actually gonna get done, and the faster you actually get your outcomes.
0: Do what you love doing. Couldn't agree with that one more, and I love that. And I can't thank you enough for all the value you've dropped in this episode so far, but, I do want to ask those three questions on the three topics that I don't think are discussed enough. I do yeah. this with all my guests. We've already done relationships and yep. you absolutely nailed that. And I can't, and obviously your father's passed recently. So I, I can't appreciate enough the fact you actually went into that because that still must be quite touching with you. So I'm very, very humbled by what you've said and thank you for doing so. But the other two are money and death. The question in relation to money, I don't think relates directly, but others do. Yep. But the question is, what does the word success mean to you?
1: Oh, success for me is literally, I equate it to freedom. It's really being able to do what I want, what I want, and having basically living a life of three emotions, really love, joy, and peace. That is what success means to me, is if I can be in those emotional states, I can't be in those emotional states all the time. But if i can be in those emotional states more often than not that's what it means to be successful to me
0: perfect and i think they're great great objectives to have as well because your job must also be extremely humbling the fact that you're taking these individuals to a place of that what you consider success as well that is your that's what you're teaching other people to do so not only you're doing that yourself you're doing it for others that must be very humbling for you to do and must be as a job that must, that must be so driving to wake up every morning thinking, I'm making a difference to people's lives.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's truly my passion. I was a personal trainer at 17, so I've always been into helping people transform and do things differently. Um, and so that is what gets me going. Sometimes I get myself into trouble because I help a lot of people for free. I set aside so many hours a week, and I'll just kind of help people and help them through their business and through their life for free. But that is my passion because those moments when I know that Someone has actually, I could see it in their face, that moment that they actually have an aha moment and they're actually going to do something different. That's actually going to change their life forever and maybe even change the people around them forever. That is what drives me because man, you know, there's so much happening in this world today that I believe that just a little bit of work, just a little bit of transformation just has a ripple effect throughout society.
0: God everything on the news is so depressing at the moment as well yeah. so you it on, and it's, As you said, there's no happiness. That's what we need and we need people to actually Just f- feel good about themselves. That's it's not difficult at the end of the day It's not difficult, but we are constantly bombarded with this depressing information left right and center So exactly. I salute you for doing what you do. So my final question for you The final yeah. question of today's episode is are you afraid of dying?
1: Yes Um, There's times when I am and times when I'm not. And so, again, I'm a very spiritual person. I meditate a lot. Um, My grandfather used to say this, is that if there was no death, people would not appreciate their lives because death is a reminder to us or for us to really appreciate the moments that we have today, these moments that we have with our special loved ones. The biggest I can say, a lot of times I sit here and I say, you know what, I'm not afraid of death, and I'm not truly – and then there's times when I am because I look at my kids and I say, I don't, I don't want to leave my kids. I don't want to leave my kids. I don't want to leave them without a father or God forbid I lose them. Like those are the moments that I, I have a tough time with because my kids, my wife, my family, they mean everything to me. And so, yeah, there are times when I'm afraid and there's times when I'm more afraid than not. Sometimes when I watch the news and I see what happens and i just see child Uh, abductions and stuff like that I'm just like oh crap like what the heck's going on and and Ethan I'm even afraid for the next generation I'll be completely honest because I don't know how the next generation is going to grow up in terms of my like my kids because there's so much influence I see technology having a positive influence but I see technology having I see more kids with anxiety at a younger age there's stats to show that and so I'm wondering like if I'm not around who's going to teach my kids this stuff so yeah, I can say I'm definitely afraid at times.
0: Perfect. And you're actually the first person to say that they are afraid of dying. First, oh, wow. per- Yeah. Which, uh, which has surprised me because I, I don't know what I'd say if someone asked me that. I am, but as you say, I'm also not, I, it's, it's an inconvenience. Like, as you say, I don't <laughs> want to leave my, I don't want to leave my family behind. Like this, that whole, this, it's just such a, Big question, and that's why I love answering it. Cause I get so, and that's the first time someone's gone down the route. You've said as well that the fact they don't want to leave family behind and just things like that. So again, yeah, incredible answer, and thank you. You yeah, have dropped, you. you've dropped some incredible value on today's episode. So I can't thank you enough for your time and joining me on this episode of CEO Journals. So where can the listeners follow up with you whether they want to? be taught by you you they want they want your service or if they just want to simply ask you a question where can our listeners find you
1: yeah absolutely so you can always go to my website which is pradeep or you can find me in pretty much instagram linkedin and facebook at PradeepSangha. so i'm i'm more than accessible feel free to reach out you can friend me you can ask me a question uh, and i'll respond personally because i like to have that personal interaction and conversation so any of those channels
0: Perfect. And they will be in the show notes below. So don't worry about remembering those. Simply look below and they'll be there. it once again, thank you for your time. And I hope everyone enjoyed this episode of CEO Journals. Thanks again. I appreciate it. So that's going to wrap up today's episode of the podcast and I can't thank you all enough for listening. I aim to interview some of the most incredible business owners and entrepreneurs every single week. So you can really help me out by smashing that subscribe button and by leaving me a five-star review over in the iTunes store. It literally takes two seconds and will help me secure some of the greatest names in business as guests on the show. Make sure you tune in to the next episode where I'm going to be talking to another incredibly interesting guest. I'll be discussing their journey and providing tips to all you aspiring and current business owners. Have a lovely rest of your day and once again thank you for tuning in to CEO Journals.